Hello, Texas fans. This is the Longhorn Confidential for Thursday, September 10th. I'm Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman. As always, I'm joined by Mike Craven. Mike, say hello. Hello, everybody. Mike, it is time to ch- chat recruiting. Um, in your dotted line column on Tuesday, you estimated that Texas has three spots open in this 2021 class. Um, you also had three names that Texas would love to fill in those uh, spots. So today, I think it'd be kind of good to kind of go over those players and uh, let the introduce the Texas fans to those names. So they know who to look out for over the next uh, couple months. We're going to start with LJ Johnson. He's a running back at Cy Fair. Where does LJ kind of fall in the 2021 running back pecking order? Yeah, I mean, I think he's the best player in the state at that position. Kamar Wheaton, LJ Johnson, I think, are number one, number two on most lists. If you look at 24-7 composite, I think Kamar Wheaton is listed above LJ, but they're both considered top 50 players in the nation. Uh, Really good prospect. I think he's a borderline five-star player and somebody who everybody in the country was after. Texas is in really good position, and for them, they hope they close and are able to get kind of their second really elite running back in consecutive classes, along with Bajon Robinson in last year's class. You know, aside from being a five-star, borderline five-star kid, why should Texas want LJ Johnson? Yeah, I think he's a guy who understands uh, the way that running back position is moving. You know, I I think after you signed Bajon Robinson last year, uh, you kind of worry, okay, how are you going to recruit that position with such a stud there? Uh, But LJ Johnson's a guy who wants to share the backfield, wants to be part of a stable, knows he needs to say shape save his legs if he wants to have a a pro career. He's just a really good player. I mean, really productive, nearly 2,000 yards a year for the last two years at a really good 6A school at Cy Fair. So somebody who can run between the tackles, has enough speed uh, to threaten defenses with the big play and can also catch out of the backfield. So uh, just a really good all-around running back who uh, I would say is one of the top five players at his position in the nation. Okay, here's the important question. Does Texas get LG Johnson? Yeah, I think if he needs to sign tomorrow, I think Texas uh, gets him. You know, it's a, it's a long four months, three months between now and, and early signing day. Who knows how many of these kids are going to sign early if they'll wait until February. It really depends on the visits and if official visits are allowed to happen, that kind of stuff. So I think Texas is in the lead. If they sign him or not, depends. Let's move over to Shadow Creek High School where linebacker Terrence Cooks is. Where does Terrence Cook kind of fall in the pecking order of linebackers in this 2021 class? You know, linebackers getting harder and harder to, to find in Texas. With so many offenses going to the spread, a lot of defenses are now 4-2-5, and you see a lot of these linebackers either be you know, overgrown safeties or they're playing defensive end and getting after the passer. That's just a more important position. And uh, you know, at the, at the high school level, if you're good enough to be the best middle linebacker, you're probably good enough to be the best defensive end. So you're going to get put there just out of necessity. So it's harder and harder to find those guys to really grade and put there at linebacker. I think Terrence is, you know, top, you know, two or three probably um, in the state behind a, a Kendall Blackshear uh, from Duncanville, who's going to Alabama. So a really good player. Some of you, you know, state champion team there at class five, a at shadow Creek. So a really productive player and somebody who's a winner and has a, you know, a tie to Texas with Xavier Alford last year signing with UT. Speaking of Xavier, obviously great defensive back, now as a true freshman over at Texas. How much of a role does he play in the recruitment of Terrence Cooks? Yeah, I think a big role. You know, it's – I don't I don't want to say kids kind of, you know, choose to go to a school based on anybody else. You know, I think that would be an exaggeration. Uh, but it, it always helps to have somebody in that locker room who can tell you how it feels and what's really going on. And when you know you're going to a college, it's nice to have a familiar face or two 
um, in the locker room that you know and you've been around since you were a younger kid. I think he looks at Xavion kind of like an older brother, a mentor. Um, and so Texas is in a really good position because of that relationship. Now, I don't know if it means for sure Terrence Cooks is going there to follow Xavion, uh, but it definitely helps UT. Hey, once again, the important question with Terrence, does Texas get Terrence Cook? Cooks? Uh, yeah, I think Texas has been the favorite since the beginning. You know, I remember when he visited back in February before all this kind of popped off. It was kind of the last you know, real big day Texas had on campus with some of the 2021 uh, kids. Uh, he was there. He was really good friends with Derek uh, Harris Jr., who's also committed in some of the other UT commits. So I think Texas has been in a great position from the very beginning, and I haven't heard anything that makes me change my mind there. All right, let's uh, kind of stay on the defensive uh defensive side of the football and talk about LBJ defensive back Andrew Makuba. Um, where does Andrew fall in the pecking order of the 2021 safeties where, where he lines up for the Jaguars? I think he's really good. You know, him and Latrell McCutcheon, you know, form what they think is the best, you know, duo of defensive backs in the, in the state. I think they may be right there. LBJ secondary is going to be really good. You know, Andrew played wide receiver a lot last year. You know, kind of he won the you – know, I think he was the district, you know, offensive player of the year or something like that. So, a really good offensive player, a really good athlete. I don't know if he's completely concentrated on playing the safety position yet. He'll need to learn some some of the kind of the smaller things that you got to learn as a defensive back just because he hasn't spent a ton, a ton of time there. Uh, but I think he's one of the two or three best safeties in the state. And if Texas is able to get him and pair him with J.D. Coffey, uh, the Longhorns have another really good safety class coming in. You mentioned his teammate, uh, Latrell McCutcheon, who is committed to Oklahoma. You know, if you could only pick one of those Jaguars, uh, who, would you, who would you pick? And as a side note, if you're, if you're able to get to that game later in the season, I would suggest going to see LBJ versus Lempassas because Lempassas has a great young quarterback who's actually going to play uh, baseball at Texas, Nace Whitehead, and obviously Andrew and Latrell are great defensive players. So that should be a fun matchup if you can get out to that game later in the season. But – Andrew Luttrell, who, who, who is higher on the recruiting radar? I think Luttrell's higher on the recruiting radar, uh, mostly because he plays a, a you know cornerback, which is a bigger need position. Like if you watch the NFL draft, you kind of see certain positions getting drafted over others. Cornerback's one of those top three or four most important positions in modern football because of how much passing is done. If you can be a shutdown corner, you can get paid a lot of money in football. And in recruiting, that means a lot of offers. And so I, I think I would take Latrell McCutcheon uh, over Andrew just because of the position. Uh, but they're both four-star guys that are on the Fat 55 that, you know, have, you know, a lot of offers and, and are wanted by nearly every single program in the country. You know, you, you mentioned Andrew's ties to playing offense at LBJ. And I'm kind of wondering, why, why does Texas want him? Is it just that raw, you know, talent that they, that they see? If he's someone who, you know, still has room to grow in the safety room. You know, what is it about him that Texas is like, this is a, this is a guy that we want on our team for the next three, four years? I, mean, I think he's just a really good football player and somebody who's local. You know, Texas wants to, to get the best of the best within the city. You know, they, they got that with Alfred Collins, Hudson Card last cycle. You know, they want to keep that pipeline there. And uh, Andrews, not only is he a really good football player, but a really good, really good kid, really good work ethic, good student. Uh, so I think he just checks a lot of the boxes. And when you can find – Somebody that good in your backyard, you have to put the full court press on him. Uh, Austin's a little bit different of a city than maybe some of the other, you know, schools that are, you know, big time program. You know, it's more of a, it's a bigger city and a lot more uh, transplants in there. So when you can get a hometown kid who's been here his whole life, I think you got a really, 
try to get him on campus if possible, on top of him being obviously one of the best safeties in the state. Now, does Texas get him on campus, or is he leaving the city to continue his football career? You know, I think Clemson was one of those schools that was really on him early and the appeal of getting to go and play for, you know, a, a team that competes for national championship every year, uh, I think was really big early on. As time's gone on, I think with COVID and not being able to take visits and stuff like that, Texas has kind of gotten further and further up his list because and he's comfortable. He knows what, what it's about. He's been there. He knows the coaching staff. He knows some of the players. And so I think Texas is in the best in the pole position right now. But, again, he's going to be one of those guys that if visits can happen and he can get to other campuses, all bets are off, and Texas is going to have a real dogfight on their hands. Now, are there any – to kind of wrap up this segment, uh, are there any surprise guys that Texas fans need to know? Is there someone who you know, may commit in a couple couple days that may not be on, on this radar that we were talking about? I think those are the three guys that UT fans really need to know. I mean, there's there's a couple offensive linemen I think the Longhorns would still take. Uh, Jack Lyer out of uh, Highland Park, offensive tackle, kind of under-the-radar guy. Um, you know, what's interesting about the 2021 class is with that ruling that the, the players that are playing this fall can come back next year without losing eligibility, you're going to have this extra year of leeway. And so I think Texas, where they may have taken five or six more guys, had this season been kind of under normal circumstances, the fact that they're not going to have to refill uh, so many scholarships after this year, I think allows them to be a little bit picky and they kind of just hone in on the guys that they really want in this class, the three guys that we mentioned. And if they don't get those guys, maybe wait until the 2022 class uh, to go and fill those spots so they don't uh, get, or maybe not to their liking in this group. Okay. It's time to talk about the important topic your your favorite thing to write about as much as you love writing about recruiting you're also a gambling guy Craven's Corner is back came back with a with a flurry last week first off how excited are you to have uh, football and gambling back in your life yeah it's nice you know I uh it's a hobby of mine I, I can't you know I, I'm pretty good at keeping it under wraps in terms of like how much I bet and stuff like that it's more just to kind of keep me engaged than really anything that's like uh altering bills or anything like that but it is nice uh, to put $5 or so on a game and just make it a little bit more interesting than it would be, especially early on in this year where there haven't been, like, you know, the marquee matchups and stuff. You may just watch on your own. Having a little bit extra on the South Alabama game, for example, uh, makes it a little easier to fit through. All right, let's talk, let's, talk, uh, let's talk football and gambling. Texas opens up their season this weekend on Saturday. UTEP's in town. Texas, I've seen a line as high as 43 points. Do you take that line, or is that just a sucker bet? Is it? Do you ever take a forty-three point spread? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. You know, we're doing like a prop bet thing with the newspaper, and so you got to pick one. And if I had to, I would always take the points. So I would take UTEP to cover forty-three, just because you know a lot of teams don't run up the score, and so winning by more than 42, 42 points, which is six touchdowns, winning more by more than that would probably be on accident. So I would always take that many points. But yeah, I mean. Uh, as a gambler, I would always advise uh, to stay away from any type of line that's over 28. In my opinion, anything over 28, just kind of just leave alone because that's a, that's a blowout that's going to come down to reserves and backups and a bounce here or there. You're just going to you're going to be upset more than you're going to be happy. So just stay away from really big blowouts like that. Uh, with the NFL starting on Thursday and college football really getting underway, although some games are being called off um, because of uh, COVID COVID issues, are there any bets that you are you know, really looking at making you salivate, making you really uh, intrigued? 
I mean, I'm probably, I mean, this is what happens with betting. I'm going to come back next week and probably be embarrassed by this, but I really like new Orleans three and a half over Tampa Bay. I mean, I, Tom Brady is maybe the best quarterback of, of my lifetime, maybe ever. I don't know. Um, but I don't know if he jumps to Tampa Bay and makes them all of a sudden really good. New Orleans is clearly the better football team uh, than the Buccaneers. I think they absolutely are early in the year before Tampa Bay really gets to work uh, with each other and, and get better and kind of build rhythm throughout the year. I think Tom Brady being a little bit older, game one, not going to care as much. I think New Orleans kind of rolls in that one. So fade the public, which means go away from what the average person would think. I think Tom Brady's overrated and joining the Tampa Bay, you know, Buccaneers in this iteration of himself, go ahead and go opposite of that, take New Orleans or Drew Brees. And finally, do you have any tips for this season? I mean, for the fourth billionth time, this is an unprecedented times, you know, things are weird. You never know. A, a, a team maybe without a complete position room, which we've seen in some of these uh, college games. I know one school a couple of weeks ago was, didn't have any long snappers, I heard, you know, tight ends in another game a couple of days ago, they were down. So do you have any tips because, you know, you place a bet on a Tuesday and then you get to the weekend and they may not have any quarterbacks, the team you bet on. Yeah, this is a rule I tend to follow in general, but, you know, bet late. You know, I, I know a lot of really good bettors like to bet early in the week and try to get ahead of the public money before the lines start to move. But for me, you know, as somebody who's just really doing this for fun more so as like a job or whatever, um, I would bet, you know, as late as possible, the day before, the morning of, make sure you're reading local guys. If you're really betting some real money and really care that much, you know, make sure you get on the local beat guys. They're going to know a little bit more than the national dudes or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I would bet really late, avoid uh, big lines. And like we saw uh, with like that Memphis-South Alabama game or whatever, um, you know, Memphis had a couple starters that were out, and the coach was basically like, look, we don't talk about injuries. Why would we talk about who's out with COVID? And I think you're going to see a lot of that in college football where, they don't have to put out things like that. It's not like the NFL where they have to give out an injury report. You may hear rumblings of a certain position having, you know, been crushed or whatever, but I don't think coaches are going to be uh, that upfront about who's missing games and stuff. Like let's take Texas, for example, if they're playing a game and Sam Ellinger has got COVID or whatever, I do. I just don't see Tom Herman saying that out loud and letting the other team know that uh, going into the week. So I think you're going to see, a lot of weird stuff this year. It may not be the year to really get into sports gambling if you're not already uh, inflicted with the illness. Awesome. Well, I think we got some uh, we got some good gambling advice. We got some good recruiting talk in today. So uh, you're actually traveling back from your summer stay in Maine, getting ready to get back here and get some Texas high school football underway. Uh, one of the things you wrote about in your dotted line column this week, actually published today on Wednesday when we're recording this podcast, was some recruits that you're really looking forward to seeing this fall. Who's, no, who's number one on that list? You know, probably Charles Wright, you know, quarterback out of Austin. You know, my job isn't really to cover the local kids. It's more to cover the guys that, you know, Texas is going after. And that hasn't really been uh, Austin High since I've had the job. So I, I haven't seen Charles Wright play other than, you know, at like an Elite 11 or a camp, you know, Nike opening thing a couple years ago or whatever. So uh, I really want to go see him throw, uh, kind of see what he's about as a quarterback. Uh, it also helps that it's in my backyard, but you know it's it's weird to not see Texas's quarterback commit and to not have watched him play a game. But frankly, Charles Wright is not a four-star, five-star guy who's been you know on the on the cusp of you know Texas recruiting writers' ears. You know he was committed to Iowa State. Texas thought they had their guy with Jalen Monroe before even last year uh, started, so he just wasn't a guy on our radar. Somebody I hadn't seen. So definitely want to check out the guy who uh, is Texas's quarterback commit in twenty twenty one. 
Yeah, I'm sure you'll be writing all about that on hook'em.com. Uh, be sure to check out Mike's dotted line throughout the week. It runs every day through the week throughout the football season. And hook'em.com with the season coming. Obviously, all it's your spot for all your other Texas stories, podcasts, blogs, content. We have, we're writing a lot of stuff these days. But uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Don't forget to shoot us a review at the Apple Store and Google Podcast app. We do appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in to us every week. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys down the road. Happy birthday, Mom.